Fred Film Radio, Zurich Film Festival, Switzerland. Fred Film Radio, this is Kenan Nicoletti from the Zurich Film Festival. I'm with Tobias Lindholm and Eddie Redmay, director and actor of The Good Nurse on Netflix. Eddie, he never really said why he did what he did. So, so did that make your job harder or easier? It was one of the most intriguing things about the script when I first read it. And I loved how the script dealt with it. It felt like it, these things, there's never a, a simple why. When I spoke to, well, firstly, I had the book, which was Charles Graeber's book, um, which expressed the, it's biographical of, uh, and of, the, of his life and the extreme amount of trauma that he went through none of which is an excuse, but which is certainly from an actor's point of view gave me the, um, the, the roots to find the, 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 the extremes of the character. But also through speaking to Amy, the real Amy, who described how close she was and how much she loved Charlie, but that there was only two moments in her life when she ever saw the murderer, and it was a different human being. And once was in that scene in the diner. And then... You hear about when he was in court and one of the sentences was given and he started shouting a mantra at the judge continuously again and again and again while the families were there. And he had to be gagged and bound in court. And there again, you see this completely different side to this, to this man. Um, so I had the biography and I had... Um, I felt all the, 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 that, that, that I could sit, and, uh, sit in my stomach and then it was just about playing Christie's text and playing opposite Jessica. This character is a combination, let's say, of darkness and is also compassionate in a way. So how did you portray this and how did you both put it in the film? Well, I mean, Amy was just... <laughs> Uh, the real Amy was, was our insight, really. And she, she talks very complicatedly about how much she still has great love for this, uh, in an abstract way, for this person, for this period or this time, or did have, and now has to associate that with this, you know, who was very helpful and kind, and she believed in that empathy because he was a very empathetic man. But then he would weaponize that empathy. Um, yeah. but, it, but it's also what makes this story compared to other, at least for me, serial killer stories interesting is that it was friendship and compassion that became the key at the end of it. So our job was to make that compassion and friendship available for the audience. We needed to believe and to see why Charlie was necessary in Amy's life because that became the key she could use later on. So without that, without him being caring and loving and, and f a good friend and helping, we would only have this hollow shell of, 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 of a crazy person or, 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 or a serial killer that wouldn't really, you know, invite for any deeper thoughts. We needed to be, um, be true to the unthinkable idea that compassion could stop violence. It's like nowadays we always see stories and tell each other stories about how violence fights violence, how we, we put down hate with hatred means. And in this case, it was love, compassion and charity mm. that ended the violence, which was the big inspiring thing. So that what Eddie really, really did for, I don't know, 70, 80 percent of the time was just being at the hospital and being a really, really good nurse. Mm -hmm. 
and and that was the big setup yeah. for understanding how this story, how this true story, actually happened. You are a very physical actor, and but it's interesting how your character almost feels like he's invisible. Well, it's really interesting that you talk about invisibility because that was a big thing for us. Like uh, anonymity, the power of anonymity, the scary power of anonymity, which is something we find on social media, by the way. Like, is is was one of the things that Charlie lived off and and fed him. There was a story. This is apropos of nothing, but at another hospital he was working at, where he became obsessed with this nurse there, and he started sending anonymous. He sent an anonymous Valentine's card, and everyone on the the ward was talking about who's it from, who's it from, and he got on very well with this nurse. And then, and he, the pride he felt of everyone's excitement, and it, he knew it was him. And then, when he said it was him, her fear and disgust at that, that, that he had chosen to do this sort of so. So he found great power in in anonymity and invisibility was something that we talked a lot about. And with our costume designer Amy, you know, there are clever things she does with the with the the scrubs, which they look the same color, but actually gradually she seeps the color out of them. So as the film progresses, they beca- he becomes sort of paler and paler, and that that really falling back into the the shadows was was kind of where his power lay um physically uh charles graber who wrote the book described him as looking like a question mark and uh, and that was something that amy had spoken about the real amy as well so that physicality was an interesting thing and i worked with this um movement coach a dancer as part of my process and i did like a day's work with her and we watched all this footage of charlie And she had this brilliant insight, I felt, which was describing how it looked like he was being held up from here. Do you know, like, like that was all of his emotion and tension was here. So all this was kind of um, soft. But you saw when he looked really hard with Charlie, he's quite a still man. But if he's, he's always self-soothing. So he's always touching fabric or touching his ear or his hair. And you don't, it looks still, but when you look really close, there's actually a lot sort of going on. So I tried to bring some of that in. And, and just like a small note on that, Eddie had talked about that. And the in the screenplay, we have a couple of more scenes before we get to the door frame and the zoom in on Eddie. And I remember we had talked about the question mark and the, in, the invisibility and, 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 and those things. But then as we zoomed in on that first take... I made the script to make a note to the editor saying this is the opening. Yeah, because you just felt it right away. It was like, and it, as I sat there and a big movie fan, I was reminded of the verdict, where you have him playing uh, pinball. Is that what's it called? Yeah, pinball. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a small zoom in on him. There's a window behind him. There's a tree without leaves on it on the outside. So as they zoom in, we realize the story is about him, mm-hmm. and 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 Eddie, Eddie's small movements pushing himself into the corner of that room in the frame just felt as I saw it there okay this is done this is the opening <laughs> there was no doubt and that all came from that movement like mm. finding that body and I think we did that on the first of the first second day. days first, first day, day of yeah, the shoot yeah, yeah. yeah there's a strange calm in the whole movie and now that you mentioned the scene uh, this way I think is even darker how did you work on that to make it the film scary creepy compassionate, universal, and calm. Well, thank you so much. That's why I think he's a genius, for exactly that reason. It's like, it's a combination of all of those those things. I think it's all about finding 
honestly and truth in every moment of a film. Often you see scenes that you can look at, oh, it's just going to transport the plot. But nobody in real life is waiting for the plot to begin. We all fall in love when we are in the middle of something else. You know, I'm marrying this girl and I'm in love with this. What am I yeah. going to do? So nobody is like waiting for the plot to start. Nobody is waiting for somebody to die, for somebody to kill each other, for somebody to get arrested. It always happens when you don't expect it. And of course, we need some expectation in fiction to make storytelling work. But what we can do is to challenge it and, and make our own logic, a more realistic logic work in those scenes. And that goes from the writing with Christy to all the way through to the edit with, with Adam Nilsson, who I've worked with for, for 20 years now, and who is like my rock that I lean on in these matters. Well, can I also say there was another thing that was interesting in the process that's about that and about the invisibility, which is that Jody um, Lee Lipez, who's the, the cinematographer, he and Tobias came up with this way of shooting that the sets were very dark, like that... that And I remember walking onto the first set and being like, oh my God, it was walking down the corridor and it was virtually pitch black. But then when you watched it in the camera, it was much lighter. So he was opening the apertures, I think, to let all this light. But it meant that um, all of the scenes, you were playing in really dark light, even some of the intimate things. And it removed any sense of um, self-consciousness or, I don't know, I think that helped somehow stop the film from... Mm playing a scene and just playing a truth. So what happens at night, unless you're in a nightclub, is always people start to whisper. There's like, there's this darkness that just, so we're all getting drawn into being in this room together and everybody's a little more intimate in the darkness, mm. which worked on set as well. Mm. Uh, and, and it was all, I think that my job is not easy, but easier, a lot easier and a lot more playful when the actors are that great. Because then you can actually set up some options and see what happens, and every take will bring a new nuance to something. So instead of being me proving that I have a vision, it's about finding the truth in that moment. And the more elements in the room when we shoot that are truthful, the light, the sound, the smell, um, the temperature, everything, um, makes it easier to find truth, if that makes sense. Tobias, can you tell us more about you know working with Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne at the same time? This, this is for me, it was like a dream come true. I, I, I do not come from a filmmaking background. None of my family have ever done this. So at the age, in the mid-twenties, I got into film school and I fell in, in, in love with Jessica's performance in, in Zero Dark Thirty right away. I was like blown away by her. So I started to look into her work and I realized that she was, you know, Mel Streep of our generation. Um, so for me, it was like a dream to be able to ever get to work with her. So when that possibility suddenly came and it came with Eddie also wanted to do this, You know, I was like the luckiest director on, on, on the planet. I felt like what the director doing Kramer versus Kramer what it felt like back then, just being on set with these giants of our generation. And I know it's hard to say, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, here we are, and, 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 and I just felt, felt blessed. And yes, we were looking at Jessica, because Jessica has something that isn't, you can't learn anywhere. It's just a present, being where she is in front of the camera and just doing whatever she mm. wants to do with such a natural flavor. And she's stunningly beautiful, mm. but at the same time, so natural. So she can both remind us of a goddess and my mom at the same time, mm -hmm. which brings what storytelling is all about. Two things, 50% identification and 50% fascination. We're fascinated with the gods. We identify with the mom. Mm. And there she is bringing everything to the screen. So that was, yes, a huge, huge mm. dream to come true.
And we've been talking to Tobias Lindholm and Eddie Redmayne, director and actor from The Good Nurse, screening at the Turing Film Festival and on Netflix. And this is Keanu Corti for Fred, the Festival Insider. Fred Film Radio, 24-7 on fred.fm and smartphone apps.